Yeah, I will will I will gladly go in and throw all five matches five sets a day, but nobody wants to hear me set a goal to do that. Uh I do. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, let me just let me just bring up my record and I'll bring <laughs> You'll never believe I went 17 and 458 this season. <laughs> You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. What's all this hoopla about Hoopa? Ultra Unlock Part 3 skips its Alolan vacation and heads straight to Galar. The community at large has spoken, and it goes to the tune of a hashtag. We're at a Hera loss over Hera cross and more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast episode 156. It's August 10th. Yet another Tuesday evening. It's been two weeks since we've recorded an episode. Gotta shake the shake the dust off. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. What up, Kyle? How you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah, feeling better than last week? Yeah, de- I'm definitely better than last week. Good, good. Me too. I think we're both in a much better headspace and ready to be angry about certain things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we even get started here, shout out to a brand new patron of ours, Mickey. Thank you very much. Welcome to the ranks of supporters. Looking forward to getting to know you better in the discord and shout out to Malcolm for increasing their pledge. We very much appreciate your confidence in us, our content and enjoying the community and all that good stuff. Um, Before we get started on goals and stuff, I just want to put a disclaimer out there for this episode Uh, We are going to be covering some topics that are that really kind of almost pertain specifically to a very engaged player. Like a lot of stuff went down in the social sphere this past week, like a hashtag, like a movement, like a response and stuff like that. So what we're going to do for the news section coming up here in just a second after we go through our goals is we're going to talk about the news article that's come out, which is Ultra Unlock Part 3 details. And then we'll talk about the mess and all of our opinions and stuff like that. So for those of you that don't care about that second part, you can just listen to the first part and then skip forward to the next section of the show. All right. Cool. Good talk. All right. Then that means, Kyle, you and I have to face the music after two weeks of semi play from both of us, because I know that neither of us really played all that much. Oh, no. <laughs> but the goals we had set two weeks ago, two weeks, <laughs> you wanted to finish the timed research. I think that was for Ultra Unlock Part One at the time. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I totally did that. OK. Have you finished part two yet? Absolutely not. I think I'm on step one still. Yeah, oh, I'm on step one still. My word. OK, well, good. Good job on the first one. I guess it's <laughs> the one that gets to be crossed out. Did you catch a shiny Kranidos or shield on? I did. Which one? I caught a shiny Kranidos. Ah, that's the winner. Not that the other one looks bad, but the red looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited. I was very excited to get one. And did you hatch 60 eggs? Oh, look. I actually don't know the answer to that because I didn't pay attention to my adventure sync. But I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Okay. All right. Well, two out of three is pretty good. 
It's better than the zero out of three I see in here from the week, the last week, and then two out of four the week prior, <laughs> two out of four the week prior to that. One out of three, one out of four, I one out of three, two out of three. <laughs> I need to make my way to your your room over there and burn that book. <laughs> I have so many notes from over the years in this one notebook. This is kind of a relic now that I think about it. It's like yeah, a yeah, tome it of our failures. Anyway. Um, well, great. Good job. This week, or actually two weeks ago, I had set for myself goals wise, catch a shiny unknown you. And and I did manage to do that. Thank you very much to all of our friends over in the in the UK. I know Modder sent me many a shiny unknown you, many, many, many of them. And so thank you to all of you that did send them. I did manage to snag one out of a number of raids. A shiny Kranidos or shield on this one escaped me. I was unable to do so. Was not as lucky as Kyle. <laughs> uh, hatch 50 eggs. Uh, you know, I'm going to say it, that didn't happen either. I, I don't. I think I got close, probably like in the mid 30s. But halfway through the week, I kind of lost steam for the reasons we'll cover in the second half of the news section. 500,000 experience. I did do that. No problem. I had a couple of best friends. So that was really great. So two out of four for me. That means, Kyle, you get to walk away with the belt technically. This oh, week. man. Good for you. Well. Wow. Okay. Now, without further ado, let's just pop into the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is going to be the news section. Yo, what up? It's the news. As advertised, we're going to be covering the Ultra Unlock Part 3 details first and foremost this week. And it starts with Trainers. Hoopa's mischief from Pokemon Go Fest 2021 continues with the final part of our Ultra Unlock event. Part 3, Sword and Shield. No one could have predicted that Pokemon originally discovered in the Galar region of Pokemon Sword and Shield would be making their Pokemon Go debuts. The final part of this year's Ultra Unlock will feature the Pokemon Go debuts of two legendary Pokemon, first found in the Galar region. Zacian and Zamazenta, in their hero of many battle forms, it appears that the one who brought them to Pokemon Go was none other than Hoopa, which recently caused mischief during Pokemon Go Fest 2021. Hashtag Eggwatch. Alongside them, Squobet, Greedent, Wulu, Double, and Phalanx will be arriving in Pokemon Go. If you're lucky, you might even find a shiny Galarian Meowth, a shiny Galarian Farfetch'd, a shiny Galarian Weezing, or a shiny Galarian Stunfisk. When is this event happening? From Friday, August 20th at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, August 31st at 8 p.m. local time. This isn't new news. We already knew the time. This was the... You know, part three details, question mark, question mark, question mark, a.k.a. Un, 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 right. <laughs> uh, features include Squovit and Wulu will be appearing more frequently in the wild. You can also look forward to finding Galarian Dar- Darmaka, Trubbish, and more. If you're lucky, you might encounter Phalanx. I hope to goodness that they're actually out there. The following Pokemon will be hatched from seven kilometer eggs. Another 7k egg pool shakeup. Galarian Meowth, Galarian Ponyta, Galarian Slowpoke, Galarian Farfetch, Galarian Zigzagoon, Galarian Darumaka, and Galarian Stunfisk. It's like a Galarian Bonanza. Smorgasbord. Yeah, exactly. If you're lucky, you might encounter Shiny Galarian Meowth, Farfetch'd Weezing, or Shiny Galarian Stunfisk, which is exciting. See below for when some of these Pokemon will be appearing in raids during the event which we'll get to complete event exclusive timed research for a chance to encounter Pokemon first discovered in the Galar region. Of course, get themed field research tasks from Pokestops. If you complete them, you might encounter Squovet, Bulu or Phalanx. 
And starting on Thursday, August 19th at 3 p.m., uniforms that appear in the Galar region will be available as avatar items in Pokemon Go. Pick up the Gym Challenger uniform avatar item for free, which is worn by Pokemon trainers challenging gyms in the Galar region. If you want to show off your Dragon-type or Dark-type pride, you can purchase Dragon-type Sport Uniform and Dark-type Sport Uniform Avatar items in the shop. For those of you who don't know, you can wear kind of like, it's almost like soccer or football jerseys. That's what they have in Sword and Shield, so there's that. Starting on Friday, August 20th, 2021 at 10 a.m. local time, event-exclusive gift stickers will also be available. (laughs) Pick them up in the shop or by spinning photo discs at Pokestops and gyms cool i mean i like the event stickers i think they're i think they're nice but not for everybody kyle is holding his tongue uh (laughs) i can't remember the last time i noticed the event sticker except by accident (laughs) well hey like every once in a while i'll like go through all my stickers because i usually just send one like the first three if i think about it at all and i'm like oh that's right the ev manhole cover designs and stuff like that you know those are pretty neat But anyway, there are some other details as well. In addition, you can look forward to challenging different Pokemon in raids during each week of the event. There's two weeks. I have it split up week one and week two. Week one is thus. The following Pokemon will be appearing in raids from Friday, August 20th at 10 a.m. to August 26th. That's a Thursday at 10 a.m. local time. Uh, There's Slowpoke, Farfetch'd, Unknown You, Zigzagoon, all those are Galarian, obviously, besides the Unknown. Uh, will be appearing in one star raids. If you're lucky, you might find a shiny Galarian Farfetch'd or a shiny Unknown U. It's cool that the Unknown U is being extended through this uh, this unlock. I wasn't expecting that, to be super honest with you. Galarian Weezing, Lapras, and Phalanx will be appearing in three star raids. And if you're lucky, Galarian Weezing could be shiny. That's pretty neat. Still only knows tackle, so that stinks. (laughs) (laughs) Zacian, in its Hero of Many Battles form, will be appearing in five-star raids. And you can also look out for a raid hour event featuring Zacian happening on Wednesday, August 25th from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. local time. And Mega Beedrill will be in Mega Raids. So uh, they're, they're saying to use it against Zacian. Don't do that. Bring one. Just have one of you. Do Don't that. do fine. that. No. It's fine. It's no. Fine. It's also, I need somebody right in how you think you pronounce this Pokemon's name? Because I think it's Zacian, and apparently it's a uh, it's a heated point from what I've seen online. Yeah, uh, before Kyle and I started recording, I was definitely saying Zacian as well, and so he's like, "Yeah, you know, people think that Zacian is right." I'm like, "Okay," so I've adopted it for this recording and this recording only. <laughs> I, I need to know where people stand. <laughs> sure. So sure. Sure. Uh, But for week two, without further ado, right, the following Pokemon will be appearing in raids from Thursday, August 26th at 10 a.m. through September 1st at 10 a.m. That's a Wednesday. Uh, Galarian Meowth, Ponyta, Unknown You, and Darumaka, the Ponytan Darumaka Galarian, they'll be in one stars. And in three stars, you'll see Snorlax, Galarian Stunfisk, and Phalanx. And like we mentioned, Galarian Stunfisk can be shiny now, which is pretty sweet. Zamazenta, in its hero of many battles forms, will be appearing in five-star raids. Look out for the bonus raid hour featuring Zamazenta happening on Monday, August 30th from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. local time. So that solves the mystery of that extra raid hour. They had to sneak it in that month. (laughs) So there it is. And Mega Pidgeot will be appearing in Mega Raids. And uh, they say here to use it for an advantage against Zamazenta. Uh, Also, don't do that. 
just use your mute just use your mewtwo's it's okay it's fine. pure fighting type come on you use your mewtwo's but and, you could and, also and, use look, your if you want to use your sky attack moltres you can bring your mega pidgeot there you go there you go uh, and to close what's hoopa up to now we're not sure trainers but we'll keep up our research and report <laughs> any findings as soon as we can until then look forward to pokemon originally discovered in galar coming to pokemon go all right, so we have a, a big another topic to cover, so I don't want to spend too much time on this. But Kyle, uh, give me like two things maybe you're excited about, or if you have a hot take, now's the time. Uh, my hot take is I'm not very excited overall about this at, at all. Really? Look, Gen 8 is, is almost old at this point. It's, it's been two years, and it's, it's not very exciting. This would have been a lot more exciting if it had been simultaneous. But all this says to me is they're skipping Alola right now. And yeah, there's some good Pokemons in in there that I'm waiting for. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Is there anything you're looking forward to? Are you excited about two new raid bosses? There's a lot of shinies coming out. I mean, there's got to be something. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to the shiny Galarian Stunfisk, but I've also grinded on Stunfisk so hard. I'm not hatching eggs for it. Okay. I will use free raid passes to do the three star raids, though, when I get the opportunity. Okay. I'm just jazzed for Wulu, dude. Oh, God. Wulu is so overrated. I also love Phalanx. Phalanx it's screams cool that it needed an evolution. It also needs to be bug type. Yes. 100%. Yeah. But I okay. think it should have evolved into some kind of soldier type pokemon that loses the bug type i think it would have been sure. real fitting but yeah but it's only fighting type it's very strange it's a very strange pokemon oh, another missed opportunity these outfits there's a ghost type outfit in the games and i want mm-hmm. it it's good yeah. and that's oh ah, well you know what are you gonna do I, I, i'm hoping that they kind of just like uh leak those in slowly it would be it would be a lot you have to admit there are a lot of outfits in that game so it would be a ton to just dump in all at once yeah, but like they could have done like the eight sport uniforms, 10, 10 sport uniforms, I think. Mm, yes. There's one for each type, so there's at least 18. No, but like for the gyms, I'm talking about the oh, specific the ones you got yeah. for beating the gym. Yeah, the eight one. Yeah, there's eight of those. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, this this feels like, yeah, they're definitely skipping Alola, but we've had a Lolan variance in our game for a while now and so i don't know i feel like if you brought out a lola it would be kind of less of a fanfare i mean we've had some galarian forms as well but the fact that they're skipping ahead to do galar is exciting in and of itself like i don't think people were expecting this i think we were expecting something with hoopa maybe get hoopa it'd be cool if it was maybe the return of ex raids even though none of us really want that but those were sorts of things that were like on the periphery that people were like yeah that makes more sense this kind of came out of nowhere, and it's kind of exciting because of that, and maybe only that for some people. But personally, I'm jazzed about all the shiny forms. I'm going to raid for at least one Zacian and Zamazenta, and uh, maybe play around with the uniforms. I don't know yet. We'll see. Yeah, I, it's still just a missed opportunity because I think Alola needed to come first because there's a lot of potential problems they have to yeah. solve with Alola. Yeah. And the fact that we don't even have the starters yet, just kind of, it's a kick in the pants. That's true. That's strange because they usually lead with the starters, mm-hmm. at least in the wild. They're rare or whatever, but they're usually in the wild. 
Very strange. Anyway, you can look forward to that. That'll be interesting to to do and to play and to, to gather and collect. Yahoo! It'll be fun. Um, all right. Now on to something a little less fun. And uh, Kyle and I have been sitting on this for about two weeks, thinking about it, talking about it, exchanging manic instant messages to each other via Discord about it. And it is this hashtag hear us Niantic social movement that's going on uh, primarily on Twitter. Obviously, it is a hashtag. So a lot of prominent content creators got together and brainstormed a letter and paired it with a hashtag. And all at the same time, it was like 9 a.m. on a given day where they published this all and flooded everything with the hashtag and encouraged other people to use it. And everybody did. And we got it trending. It was like third or second or third on Twitter at one point in time, which is fantastic. We threw our voices behind it as well into the fray a couple of hours later uh, when I remember to post it (laughs) and join the conversation. And so I'm not going to read the entire letter for you. I'm going to read the first little bit, the last little bit, and then just tell you what the letter covers. Um, So it starts with Dear Niantic, community and creators alike wish to voice our concern and disappointment over recent changes to the Pokestop interaction distance reduction in Pokemon Go. While the Pokestop POI interaction radius was increased due to an unprecedented global pandemic, the flow-on effects of this in-game change has had a far greater positive impact on the community. The increased Pokestop interaction radius created the following benefits for trainers worldwide. And then there's three rather well flushed out sections, one on safety, one on accessibility, and one on respect. Safety is largely stuff that we've talked about in the past, you know, not going to to the middle of the streets, being able to spin more stops without having to step off of a path into some mud, things like that. Accessibility is for people that have um ada requirements so you know if you're in a wheelchair you can't go up a flight of stairs per se to get to a book stop things like that so people that have been playing for the past year and a half or two years or whatever the case might be you've been enjoying this distance you've built up habits healthy habits getting out and doing stuff this negatively affects that play and sends a message to those players that they shouldn't be playing or should play differently right and so that's what that section is all about and the last one is about respect and this has a little bit to do with accessibility and safety to a degree and like, you know, trespassing and things like that stuff, again, that we've covered in the past. And the letter concludes with the removal of this feature will and is impacting the community in countless negative ways. One of the three pillars of Niantic's core philosophy, as communicated by founder and CEO John Hankey, is exploration. Mr. Hankey, exploration and the desire to explore was never negatively impacted by the increased Pokestop interaction radius. The thing negatively impacting exploration is actually the global pandemic. So if you'd like to read the entire letter, and if you haven't, I'd recommend that you do. We will have it linked in our show notes. I have it linked to Zoe Tudot's post with it on there. She was one of the many who made this letter and tweeted it at the the appointed time. Uh, So please go give it a read. I'd encourage you to do that. Um, And then she also has plain text for people that want that. I think links to other languages that I don't recall, but she has a, a huge chain of tweets for different sorts of people um for your reading preference so the ending of the letter which i didn't read kind of put like the pressure on niantic like we're looking forward to your response by next monday essentially and niantic actually responded they responded on that friday they didn't even give themselves the weekend that was afforded to them they just responded and niantic's response is something that i actually am going to read its entirety 
because it's, well, we'll let you form your own opinion and then Kyle and I will give ours because we have them. We have opinions. All right. This is Niantic's response to our Pokemon Go community. We appreciate your letter and all of your feedback. We hear you. We are humbled by your response. Not every game has such a passionate global player base that we're fortunate enough to have. Like everyone else around the world, our team has been working very hard to adapt to the global health environment. The recent exploration bonus changes we've made in the U.S. and New Zealand are designed to restore some of the foundational elements players enjoyed prior to 2021 and reward players once again for moving and exploring. Encouraging people to explore, exercise, and safely play together in person remains Niantic's mission. The health and well-being of players is our top priority, which is why we have implemented the new exploration bonuses in select geographies where it is deemed safe to be outdoors. Research has shown that taking walks outside is safe and confers several health benefits. (sighs) (laughs) I can't make it. All right, I'm going to keep going. Furthermore, encouraging outdoor exploration is in keeping with Niantic's mission. That said, we will continue to monitor health and safety guidance related to outdoor activities and will make future changes if necessary. We have heard your feedback about one change in particular, that of the Pokestop and gym interaction distance. We reverted the interaction distance from 80 meters back to the original 40 meters, starting in the U.S. and New Zealand, because we want people to connect to real places in the real world and to visit places that are worth exploring. However, we have heard your input loud and clear, and so to address the concerns you have raised, we are taking the following actions. We are assembling an internal cross-functional team to develop proposals designed to preserve our mission of inspiring people to explore the world together, while also addressing specific concerns that have been raised regarding interaction distance. We will share the findings of this task force by the next in-game season change, which is September 1st. As part of this process, we will also be reaching out to community leaders in the coming days to join us in this dialogue. Our goal is to build fun and engaging experiences that remain true to our mission, And we thank you for challenging us with thoughtful and constructive feedback signed the Niantic team. I'm going to go first. (laughs) Unless you, unless you want to go first, Kyle. No, I I think, I think Chris has a burning desire. Okay. I'm, I think this is corporate empty speak to the maximum. Now I should, I should set the stage a little bit. Nobody behind this movement is saying that the changes weren't initially supposed to be temporary. And none of us are saying that Niantic isn't within their right to revert them because they had advertised those changes as temporary. There's a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation out there that Niantic or Niantic employees had implied that it would be a permanent thing, etc. They've said within the near future, within the foreseeable future, temporary these used all these other timed phrases or words or said yeah this yeah. will not last forever right so just dispel that that is not true if you've heard that somewhere else it was always going to be temporary we got that we understand that now that being said the letter that was provided by the content creator community was thoughtful was well put together raised a lot of concerns and made a lot of really great points better points than i think niantic made in their response to those particular points one 
the pandemic and pandemic numbers and a lot of places that are deemed safe, air quote, safe to go outside and explore and things like that. Those numbers are trending upwards and they have been trending upwards for some time. In a lot of places, I'm sure there are places that are doing fine, but around, well, in our country here, (laughs) that's not the case almost universally, right? Mm hmm. And so it just seems like a smack in the mouth, especially when they say that we've been carefully tracking this and this is our main important thing. You should get outside and walk and stuff like that. They, we weren't. We weren't not getting out and walking when we could. Everybody was trying their hardest to get out and explore while they could safely and things like that. And the interaction distance helped players do that. It didn't make it so that we all sat inside of our homes or didn't walk. And if there was an interesting POI, What's the difference between 80 meters and 40 meters, which, by the way, is actually the diameter. It's not the radius of interaction distance for the stop. Mm -hmm. So it's 20 and 40. 40 meters is pretty close still. If it's worth checking out, you would go do that if you were interested. But let's face it. Pokestops, more often than not, are not really interesting things. They're plaques. They're half of a statue. They're a sign in a pond that says this is a pond. You know, like that's not it's not what. I just it blows my mind. It makes me frustrated because the the verbiage and the implication they have besides the patronizing tone of their response just in general makes it seem like, oh, you don't know how to play this game. We know how you need to play this game. And regardless of the good reasons you brought up, we don't really care. Like and and I know that that's not the case because we have we have immediate contact with many Niantic employees. I'm friends with several of them. Kyle is, too. And other content creators and things like that. Like we're in this conversation with people that are having it. And this opinion is not held by many of those people. This, this feels like I don't have any confirmation, but this feels like a top level decision. And if that's the case, it really stinks because everybody's unified on this point. And if you're not, you're just playing devil's advocate. You know, like everybody still wants the interaction distance. It's not for all the reasons, ADA, accessibility, safety, all these sorts of things. And and I've been a big proponent personally about taking personal responsibility for your play. If you don't want to play for a promotion, you don't like it, then don't do it. But this is different. This is a fundamental aspect of the game that we've all gotten a part of that we've mentioned to Niantic specifically when they asked for feedback and even when they didn't ask for feedback. All of us with one unified voice said, no, don't. And they said, we know better. Do you know better than all of us that play this game day in, day out? I don't think so. I have other feelings. But I'm let Kyle interject because I'm talking too much. Go for it, Kyle. This is the rare instance, I think, where Chris and I are very unified. Although maybe we have different specific opinions on it. I definitely agree with everything that Chris just said. And a couple of things that just really stick with me. One, the distance change does absolutely nothing to impact exploration. Does absolutely nothing. If anything, it encourages more exploration than the shorter distance. I am more inclined to go down this side of the park if I know I can reach more stops that might be slightly more out of the way. I'm more inclined to go to this park because I can reach more with this distance. 
rather than going to this small, densely populated area that I know is good, for example. And it's just the whole language choice, the whole thing is that this is the right thing. We know it's the right thing. We're not going to tell you why it's the right thing. It just is. That really gets me. Yeah. But the the biggest thing for me is it's not even really the distance. I, I want it to stay. I miss it. It was it made the game more enjoyable, just in general. Full yeah. stop. It's the terrible communication. We we've talked about Niantic and their communication for almost three years now, more than three years now. And it's it's terrible. They have gotten better. No denying that. But it's still really bad. And the fact of the matter is, if they cared about actual damage control, they would have not done this or they would have reverted it until September 1st when they have come to their conclusion. Until they can come back to the player base and give an actual answer as to why they think these are beneficial for the game. Because until you can give a fully well-documented way, the people who spend 50, 60 hours a week playing your game are going to know better to some degree. They, they just are. It's, it's inevitable. Especially the higher up you get in the food chain of like corporate, the less you know about the runnings of the game. And the more you're looking at a big picture and then you tend to forget the small runnings of the game. But that's why you have people in positions to connect with the community, like a community manager, like Liz. By the way, Liz has moved on to another job. We wish her the best of luck. She's a good, dear friend of ours and a friend of the show. Hashtag love for Liz. But to, to have that opinion, and I know for sure that she accurately curated all of the opinions and comments and passed them on. And so did other Niantics that are in direct communication with players all over the place, different countries different languages and they all came back and said the same thing for all the same reasons so to, to go the other way is really just a smack in the face the people that you need to cater your game to the people who play all the time who make content for it who this is their hobby this is how they spend their free time this is how they interact with their friends because they've made friends through this game you are making this actively less enjoyable for all of those people. Kyle, I don't know about you. Actually, that's a lie. I do know about you, but I have just not had the motivation to play since all of this has come out. And it's not even really the interaction distance. I'm just like, wow, I feel deflated. Where did my motivation go for this? And it's not ultra unlock part two, even though it is a little lackluster. It is really my attitude and perception of the game and how it's run. It has been kind of shattered at its core or shaken, maybe not shattered, but like I'm thinking about the game in a much heavier way than I should. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I have played very little since this went down for for a variety of reasons. But the way that I think about Go is definitely in a different mindset right now. And it's less of, hey, I want to go out and play and more of what am I getting by going out to play? Is it, yeah. is it worth it? Do, do people actually care right now? And, you know, it's, it's hard to say. Yep. 
but another thing to mention about this really fast before we, we close this conversation up on it, perhaps, is the way that this is written. And I mentioned earlier, it is patronizing. It is very much talking down to us is a little bit condescending in certain ways. And again, that's corporate speak. And when something is emotionless and black and white, when everybody else is very passionate about it, it comes across as uncaring, which is, again, corporate speak. But to, to throw in in the middle there, research has shown that taking walks outside is safe and confers several health benefits. Well, of course it is. We all know that. You can't use that as a reason for this. We know that. You don't think we we, we don't want to go outside and walk? Yeah, the people that exactly. don't want to go outside and walk are already breaking the rules and, and spoofing and things like that to do that. That has nothing to do with the interaction distance. The people that have, have been excited to explore new places because they can reach all these different stops by having to walk 20 feet in the mud or go into a, too, too close to a school or go into somebody's backyard. Like, that's not the point. And you know it, Niantic. You know, and a task force. <laughs> what does that even mean? We all know how efficient a cross-functional task force is in a corporate setting. Yeah. Th and that, if you don't, it's not very efficient. Oh, yeah, it's not. I thought that was. Yeah. All right. Right. <laughs> but but here's the thing for me is that it really boils down to the whole September 1st, our task force will will confer their findings with you. All this is meant to do is move the goalposts and wait for things to cool down. Yep, uh, exactly. And that makes me mad because it invalidates our opinion to us, directly to us. In an emergency setting, no corporation is going to wait four weeks to make a decision. If they thought their bottom line was a problem, just speaking frankly, there would be a decision made over the weekend. People would be working till 2 a.m. They would be calling everybody in if it was an actual problem. Yep. And so the fact that they set it for September 1st, which is, by the way, when it should have happened in the first place because it would have tied with the in-game seasons and all that kind of stuff anyways, is them waiting for the community to cool down. For them to see what the whole month looks like revenue-wise. Mm -hmm. And then state how they feel anyways. Because how they feel is not going to change between now and then. No. No, it's not. And, and another thing, though, you brought up the bottom line, which is an important aspect of this. Because they, we've said before in the past, we've defended several of their decisions. Like, you know, they are a company. None of this is surprising, et cetera, et cetera. Ticketed events. We've been for them in the past. Right. If if getting out and exploring is such a big deal to you that you're willing to throw everybody's opinions back in their face about it, then you have to do it all the way. You have to be holding to that the entire way. We still have remote rates. Those haven't changed because remote rates make them a lot of money, mm -hmm. a lot of money. So anyway, Kyle, unless you have something else to say about this, I think that's a good segue into wrapping this up, because speaking of that. A lot of content creators have been making some decisions based on this decision of Niantic's. Reversal, longtime friend of the show, Geo, has quit Pokemon Go entirely. Other content creators in solidarity with the community are going free-to-play. I know Zoe has been doing free-to-play stuff on her videos. Uh, several other big-time community 
and content creators have been doing the same thing. It's crazy. And to top it all off, it seems unrelated, but to me, it's not. <laughs> Heracross <laughs> has been in three star raids. The shiny was just released. <laughs> Heracross was taken out of the wild in the areas that it spawns naturally as a regional on purpose for this shiny release. It was confirmed by Niantic that this was on purpose. Mm-hmm. Now they said, you know, could people point to Kangaskhan and they're like, well, Kangaskhan's in the wild and that shiny's in raids and things like that. We're like, oh, well, that that shiny's been released before is what they said. And this is Heracross's debut, so we wanted to pull it out and put it in raids. What awful optics. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so what bad. awful optics. Oh my gosh. I that being I said, this was a US election, they probably would have been president but just saying <laughs> i i don't know what they were thinking it's it's so strange i i don't get it i'm just this is all to say that i'm sad and angry and annoyed by this whole thing and we're a very positive show i mean even kyle is relatively positive <laughs> most of the time he just comes and brings the fire every once in a while because i'm mr positivity <laughs> but but we stand united in our anger on this with everybody else in the community as well and you can you can take Niantic side to a degree you can and and we represent that at the beginning they're completely in their right to remove the bonuses they were temporary to begin with but the reaction to how we all handled it and communicated to them in the unified strong voice was handled so poorly fumbled most of us are permanently jaded by this a lot of people have quit the past two weeks my social feeds have been filled with people saying goodbye letters people that have been raiding have like you know millions and millions and millions of experience that you know are hell raiders and stuff like that like those people are leaving the game i think they made a big mistake i really do if all of that is true and I'm not saying that people aren't saying they're they're doing it. I'm asking whether they stick to it. Mm-hmm. Niantic will know. And they will have their options weighed. Do we stick to our guns and just cut off in their eyes the rot? Or do they adjust their game accordingly? And I'm, I'm, that's just where we stand right now. That's the situation we've been put in. We have three weeks almost for an answer. Yeah. But I'm only expecting another letter like this. So. Yeah. I'm interested to see what what sort of findings this task force is going to, to have to show that's going to be enough to to justify keeping them. Because what this what this letter says to, to us is that they're not willing to even compromise, even meet us halfway with 60. It's 40. They want it to be 40. They want to keep it 40. They want to keep it 40 so much that they're willing to risk their relationship with the community at large by putting the goalposts further back to September 1st. So, I mean, the only question I have now is, what is so valuable about that? Is this not about money? Are they getting more money about from from selling the the data that they collect from us moving around? Like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so I I don't know. I know there's a lot of really interesting questions, a lot of really interesting conversation around this, but um, it is rather negative. And I apologize for us. Kind of, <laughs> this is very unlike us to be 
yelling and upset about something like this, but this felt monumental. And if you haven't been on social media and you haven't been seeing this, this is what your air quotes missing out on, I suppose. Um, Kyle gets uh, the nice filtered version for me because he dislikes Twitter. Ah, uh, Twitter. But <laughs> you were on the subreddit giving that back to me, too. So that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to let that go for now. We have some emails and voicemails that are going to share some other opinions about this later on the show. But we're going to leave that there. We've said our piece. And I guess we will wait with bated breath to see what they do. Uh, we're not quitting the game <laughs> over this. At least not now. If they come back on September 1st and they're like, yeah, forget all of you guys, I might consider it. <laughs> the tone of that September 1st letter is going to matter a lot on top of what it actually says. But yeah. the actual tone is, is going to be huge. Yeah. Uh, if they if they talk to us like we're children again and like we don't know what we're talking about while missing the point completely again, <sighs> I'm going to really question my decisions around this game. I might not stop playing, but I might stop buying incubators. And man, that's going to change my life. <laughs> just, just keep going for walks anyways. Who cares? Yeah, You're that's fine. true. It's very, very true. Anyway, let's move on to uh, gear up and get back into the show proper. Big smiles, Kyle. Big smiles. <laughs> I don't know if I can have smiles for these gear up, but we'll find out. Okay. Because this week on gear up, we're talking about Zacian and Zamazenta and whether they're worth it or not. This is the hero of many battles forms, as Chris mentioned. First up is Zacian. I'm not going to go over stats and all that, but let's just say they are very impressive. Their, their stats are, are good. Their level 50 is like 4,400 or something in that ballpark. So it's, it's good. Zacian is a mono fairy type. Everyone who knows anything about Pokemon Go is like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, the only fairy moves it knows in the entire game are Play Rough and Moonblast. That's right. No charm. There, there's not even room for them to invent a new fairy move for Zacian like they could for Xerneas. It's worth noting... By the way, all of the moves and stuff I'm mentioning here, these are what it's capable of learning in the main series games. We still don't know what it's going to have even through a data mine or anything. So that we're going to find out the day of probably. <laughs> but I mentioned Xerneas. It definitely looks like Zacian's going to suffer from that Xerneas syndrome. It has an awful selection of fast moves for PvE specifically. No fairy moves no stab it's, it's it's not good it's, it's not a good choice but there is some potential for pvp if you care about master league i suppose i don't imagine it'll show up in ultra league but i could be very wrong it doesn't learn any ground type moves which is not good because its only two weaknesses are steel and poison so it has no coverage against its counters which probably hurts pretty bad but its possible fast moves include Psycho Cut, Snarl, Ice, Fire, and Thunderfang, Bite, and Metal Claw. I've seen some people talking online saying that if it gets Psycho Cut, it could be a monster, depending on the charge moves it also gets. That'd be sweet. So don't, don't hold out hope. I'm expecting Bite and two of the Fangs. 
at this rate. But we, we've been surprised before. But Hero of Many Battles is only one of Zacian's forms. There's also the crowned sword form. And the crowned sword form is actually absurd. I think in the game, it would be 5,200, 5,300 CP at level 50. So it's the ultimate question, though, because it's a form in the main series games. All it takes is to hold the specific item, which is like the, the rusted sword, I think. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yes. And it will take on that form permanently. So it's really strong. But stat-wise, it's a very similar boost to Megas. So the question is, they could treat this like a Mega Evolution because of how powerful it is if they don't find a way to handle forms. Because a permanent crown sort would be ridiculously strong. It's absolutely ridiculous. They could just scale the stats back again if they really wanted to. they, They would need to do something across the board though because even after the the nerf that we already do because of ridiculous stats yeah they're crazy high sure also crown sword gains steel typing so it's a steel fairy it's a it's a pretty good type all things considered but moving on to zamazenta it's a mono fighting type so when you hear fighting, it's Machamp, Conkelder, Lucario, even like Hariyama. Zamazenta doesn't learn counter or dynamic punch. So it's just it's just dead in the water. It's not relevant for fighting type at all. Just like Zacian, just like Xerneas, no good fast moves. No good charge moves either, at least for PvE. It has the potential to learn close combat, revenge, reversal, and focus blast. I don't think revenge or reversal are in the game currently. Close combat is a PvP move, and focus blast is not good. (laughs) Even on Mewtwo. Even on Mewtwo. That's saying something. It's good on... Registeel. Oh, Registeel. Yeah. (laughs) That's about it. For PvP, it does learn some dark type moves for that counter against psychics. Like Snarl for a fast move or Payback for a charge move. But otherwise, its fast move selection are very similar to Zacian with the Fangs, Bite, Metal Claw. It doesn't learn Psycho Cut, though. So that's a weak point in comparison on top of the fact that fighting is a very very crowded field of very strong pokemon and of course zamazenta has another form as well all of this was about the hero of many battles form there is the crown shield form with the held item and all that jazz same thing as zation who knows how they're going to handle it if you think they're just going to do a second Pokemon like they did for Giratina A and Giratina O, then crown forms are just going to absolutely blow these things out of the water and rating these aren't worth your time. I wouldn't put money on that one, though. 
I don't think they will just release these forms as another Pokemon. Giratina I, Giratina O was just a redistribution of stats. Uh, and this is very different. So I, I doubt they'll be handled the same way. Yeah, it's 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 just a significant boost in stats. They gain like 100 overall stats. Jeez. Something like that. Yeah, that's a big deal. So, Chris, any love for Zacian and Zamazenta? I love them. I loved Sword and Shield. I think they're really cool Pokemon. Um, the, the wolf is one of my favorite animals of all time. And <laughs> I know that sounds so stereotypical of me to say, <laughs> you know, um, I don't have any tattoos. So, so don't worry about that. I'm not quite yeah. there. Um, I kind of want one. <laughs> I kind of want a Zation wolf. and Zamazenta howling at a moon, but the moon is actually the moon is actually a coughing. I want I want a, a three wolf moon shirt, but I want it to be Zashian Zamazenta, and then I don't know what the other one would be. Uh, maybe like no, like Lycanroc or something. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyway, jokes aside, I really do love these Pokemon. I think they're spectacular, and and Zacian in particular is is sweet sword dog fenrir call out you know it's awesome uh i i don't feel as strongly about these two personally but you like I, them i do i like them yeah but i think their hero of many battles forms are actually ugly like full stop i think they're ugly oh i think their crown forms are really cool mm-hmm. and i like the whole wolf dog holding a sword kind of thing the the shield for a main is a little bit funky. It's creative. It just yeah, it comes across a little funky. I think is the right way to put I, it. I, I still I think they're still designing in a two D space, and that crown form looks awesome in a two D space. But the moment you put that in the three D world and you can like walk around a model that has that for its main, it's it's weird. It does look a little goofy. Yeah. Well, here's hoping they give Zacian a potentially workable move set. Let's hope. Let's I'm, hope I'm be probably going to get Dex fillers for these two, and that's about it, though. I'm going to probably try to do a little bit of rating with them and see how I feel about Pokemon Go at that time. Uh- <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, I'm, I'm not spending money on the game, so whatever uh-huh. remote raid passes I can get. It's going to be limited. I'm spending an absolute pittance right now. Uh, I haven't stopped completely, but I've definitely like stopped actively going out on my way to play, going on my way to spend money, things like that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we'll see. But thank you very much, Kyle, for covering those. It's exciting nonetheless for Pokedex fillers and they're cool Pokemon. So if they do get forms, it'll be kind of cool to hunt for a good IV version of one of these. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but that means it's Pokalore time. And this week we're going to be talking about Wooloo and Dubwool, the sheep Pokemon. Starting out with Wooloo. Wooloo is an ovine Pokemon with a thick coat of white wool that makes it look spherical. Its small black head pokes out of the front of its wool along with two short horns. Wooloo's eyes have yellow sclera, black irises, and white horizontal pupils. Two large ears are visible behind gray strings of wool that resemble braided pigtails. Its hooved legs are short and mostly hidden by the wool, along with a tail that is barely visible on its rear end. Wooloo have an extremely fluffy body, which can serve as a cushion and help it survive even when falling off a cliff and stand up without injuries. (laughs) The fur grows back quickly in three months, even when shaved. The fur is very popular in Galar, being used for clothing, carpets, very strong cloth, and specialty products. If the fur grows too long, it is unable to move. 
Wulu live in herds mimicking the leader or trainer, and they can escape from enemies by simply rolling away due to disliking conflict. Yamper is used to herd the Wulu. They're just big round sheep. They're big round sheep. Yeah. Next up is Dubwool. Dubwool is an ovine Pokemon with most of its body covered by a round coat of white wool with some black patches around it. It has a gray woolly ring around its head from which two small curved horns extrude below its head. Dubwool's head is mostly black with a white patch surrounding its mouth and nose and extending to its forehead in three petal like tips. It has two larger, longer, dark horns on top of its head, which curve backwards. Its nose is pink and its eyes are yellow with black irises and white horizontal pupils with gray, small eyebrows above them. Its legs are black with a visible ankle and with brown hooves. It also has a short black pointy tail. Dubwool's wool is very springy. Its horns serve the purpose of attracting the opposite gender rather than being used in battles. Dubwool are known to mysteriously disappear whenever a behem visits. Have you ever heard the the behem cry? Like from the anime? No. It, it, you should. You really oh. should. Okay. It's funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's amazing. I encourage everybody to go out and take a look at that when they can. Um, but stats for this. Now, these are not set in stone. These are assumed, I believe. But max CP for double at 40 will be 2192. And at 50, 2478. With 176 stamina, 198 defense, and 159 attack, kind of middling all over the place. Actually, just really kind of bad for attack. Um, and there's no moves available quite yet, but it it's a normal type, guys. Boo. The best thing it'll know is like double kick, which isn't in the game. So it, it can learn like last resort. Uh headbutt. <laughs> it can learn giga impact. Oh yeah. Well, what about hyper beam? It can also learn Hyper Beam. How about Close Combat or Focus Blast? Uh, no, but it can learn Body Press. Oh, there we go. That's a good one. Okay. <laughs> that okay. one even in Go? I don't think it I is. I don't think so. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, that'd be well, pretty wild. Oh, Body Press does damage based on how large the Pokemon is. Could you imagine an actual use for XL or X, uh, Extra Small Pokemon? Man, that'd be awesome. I wish they would implement stuff like that. That'd be sweet awesome and also awful at the same time that's true not gonna argue that (laughs) but uh but that's wooloo and double you have those two to look forward to in the galar event for ultra unlock part three so get hype for sheep unless you're kyle who thinks that it's overrated it is grossly overrated i it's a fine pokemon but my lord people love it so much and i don't understand wooloo is so cute man you just don't get it it's fine it's just people like lost their mind when sword and shield came out it's it's not that good it's because it rolls and it has pigtails it's it's not that good ah well whatever man that's fine you're you're welcome to your wrong opinion that's fine <laughs> uh but let's go into the pokepole speaking of opinions last week's pokepole was when do you know you need to take a break from playing pokemon go and when is the right time to come back First response is from Zizzy B, and they said, I'm not a super hardcore player, but I've always told myself that there was a line I wasn't allowed to cross when I started choosing time and go over time with my family. I don't have kids, and the family I'm talking about are all working adults, so it could be hard to schedule things. But if the opportunity comes up and I pass because of go, I know it's time to pause. 
it's good having boundaries is a very important way to play i feel especially if you know you're the type of person who needs them like I oh know yeah 100 that's very mature next response from barry cherry and they said i started playing in september 2020 and so far i haven't felt the need to take a break but that might be because i'm still in the honeymoon phase everything is new for me and i'm loving the grind to level 50 Oh, the honeymoon phase. <laughs> you've got quite the grind to 50, that's for sure. So you've got a lot of game to enjoy as of yet. 176 million experience. Easy peasy. Next response is from our own DeFi. And she said, I rarely put down the game entirely, but I will take breaks from certain aspects when I'm not finding them fun. For example, if I'm frustrated with Go Battle League, I'll stop playing that and maybe go do raids for a while or focus on a shiny hunt or hatching eggs. When I'm frustrated with game as a whole, my solution is usually just to stop spending money on it or just log in to do the daily spin and catch. The right time to come back, I think, is personal to each individual player. For me, if I'm taking a break, I come back when it seems like something fun to do again. That's what I would kind of suggest. You know, if you're annoyed with one part, explore a different part you know, until it's not annoying anymore. Or if you're burnt out on GBL, go do something else for a bit. There's so many aspects of this game. There's always something else to do. Agreed. Agreed. Next response from Carlo. He said, generally I play less in the winter, too cold to enjoy the outdoors. And the mall of America is way overcrowded. Springtime usually bumps my play up as I'm generally very excited to get outside and enjoy the sun. This year has felt lackluster, however, and I've noticed that my play is much more casual after almost 1.5 years of being separated by the people that encouraged me to grind more. Hopefully this will just be a blip and I can find what I loved so much about this game again and get back into it. I definitely think this is a sentiment shared by a, a lot of people. Yeah, I think almost universally. It's just tough when you're not with people. It's a social game. Yeah, it, it really is. Next response is from Modders. He said, hello, gents. I'm going to be honest. I've not taken a break from the game since I picked it up in July 2016. Yeah. <laughs> the thought of putting the game down or getting one of those temporary bans makes me want to curl up into a ball and cry for my mama. <laughs> what would I do with all my spare time and money? In short, <laughs> this week's poll has given me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like it. Cheers, chaps. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, Modders is a is a very generous uh, remote raider in our Discord. If there's a raid, he'll do it. Yes. Doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. Yes, he will. <laughs> I love raiding with Modders. It's always a good time. Oh, for sure. Very positive, too, after the fact. Very thankful and appreciative of raids and uh, very patient when setting them up. Next response is from Trent. He said, when I just feel bored. Generally, I'll keep my streaks up and nothing else, but currently I'm just not interested in opening the app. Just realized it doesn't excite me anymore, especially when I ended up missing GoFest because of overlapping plans and ended up only lightly playing day two. That was the day to lightly play out of the two of them. For for sure. Although if you yeah. didn't get to play day one, you could have still gone hard on catching day two. For sure could have. I, I've definitely been there, though. I've... I mean, I'm currently there a little bit. Open the game, <laughs> keep my streak. Actually, I don't know. Did I spend a poker stop today? That's a problem. Because I did you? Went, I actually went to work and I don't think I did. Oh my gosh! 
Your work is a Pokestop. I didn't open the game today, okay? Well, at work. I didn't open the game at work. (laughs) Anyways. The next response is from Jay. And they said, I usually take break. I usually take breaks from PvP. It can be frustrating after a few bad sets. In the last few seasons, I find myself in a better headspace when I take off three or four days and then play again. Also, while folks recommend doing all five sets per day to gain the Stardust, I think it can be time and mentally consuming. So I usually try to aim to complete two to three sets per day to enjoy PvP. Let me just say, more power to anybody who can reliably do all five sets every day without throwing any sets that's impressive that's on par to somebody like like playing five or six games a league a day for me and i know i couldn't do that i i used to do that i can't do that the thing is though like i think the strategy is that you can't do them all in a row you have to like do wake up do a set you know on a break at work do a set who who like, who can find just like twenty minutes out of their day to do five PvP battles? People at desk random. jobs. You have twenty minutes every once in a while, all the time. Uh, I mean, yeah, but like you shouldn't. Well, tell tell that to corporate America. You know what? You got twenty <laughs> minutes. Play a round of Unite instead. You can. You can do that too. You can play <laughs> two rounds of Unite. Well, if I, you got I'm, fast I'm being generous, assuming Q time, end time, and. Mm-hmm. And not going over your 20 minutes, but true, true. Nerf is Aptos. We're not going to have a conversation about this right now. Look, look, <laughs> all I can say is that we haven't played nearly as much Unite as I would like. And, and Chris is the only one to blame for that. So direct your anger letters at him. Final Fantasy 14 is really good. <laughs> it's been my safe place. It's been a rough couple of weeks. Uh, but we do have one voicemail response to this as well. We're going to play right here. Hi, Kyle and Chris. Axignor here. Uh, responding to the Pokepole, I find that when I, it's time to take a break, when I go to open the game and feel that kind of sense of, well, oh, shouldn't I play something else? And <laughs> when I stop getting that feeling, that's when I go back to it. Thanks for the great show. Go team voicemail. Team voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. Uh, Axinor, I believe, was the name. Uh, and I think you're right. If you open in the game and you're like, nah, I don't know. Like, if you're forcing yourself to do it, that's that's kind of a red flag right there. I would agree 100%. I've, I've definitely felt that way about other games, too. So I can very much agree. Yeah. I have opened up an MMO or I've opened up League of Legends or something else and been like am i really doing this right now <laughs> nah <laughs> this isn't me today <laughs> yeah <laughs> but this week's pokepole is how has your ultra unlock experience been going any highlights well chris do you want to go first i caught a shiny clefairy the other day that doesn't count uh, you know, the highlight for me was Ultra <laughs> Unlock Part One. Ultra Unlock Part Two has been less than. I don't like the spawns. I'll be super honest with you. I'm just not as big of a fan. Nothing really to hunt that we don't already have a lot of. Um, I am thrilled about the Heat More shiny checks though, and mm-hmm. the Durant shiny checks. We have Durant with us right now for this rotation, but he seems so sparingly. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of cool. I've been clicking on every one I've seen of those for sure. 
Uh, I don't need the heat more, but I'm all for the Durant. So I think my highlight is definitely the shiny unknown you. You wait, you got one? Yeah, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Oh my god, I I've one. already totally forgotten. That's, yep, that's I awesome. definitely caught one. Yeah, very exciting Th- from a raid. Obviously, um, it was a good time. Was it a modders raid? No, it was not. It was. Oh. Uh, I believe it was a Kelvin raid. Oh, okay. I, so I know Matters had UK. sent you a bunch. So he sent me a ton, and I'm very <laughs> thankful for it. Um, for me, part one was good. It was interesting. I was compelled by the wild spawns, even though I don't care for the other fossils. It was neat to see them, and they're all good shiny checks. Yeah, Shieldon and Cranidos are major highlights. Just existing. And of course, my actual highlight was getting the shiny Kranidos, which was fantastic. My man, of course. That's a good one. But part two, and we haven't done it yet, but part three, very lackluster to me. I'm not rating Heracross. I don't, I'm not going to give them money to try and get a shiny out of a raid that is not like super boosted. Read one out of 20, like legendaries. I read an article the other day on Reddit that people were saying from a really large sample size that the rate has decreased as the event has gone on for him. Yeah, yeah. Early reports had it at 1 in 40, and now it's at 1 in 60, I believe. I never put a lot of credence into those because I really think that it's kind of um, superstitious to think that they affect the rates. Uh, But if that's true, that's a bummer. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't. I've heard there's a new way of running tests that they have much larger sample sizes in the last mm-hmm. like six months. I'm talking in the tens of thousands, which is. Oh, that's acceptable. That's much more acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been keeping more of an eye on that. But ever since they had that one egg pool thing, we're like, we have a sample size of 50 eggs for this, 78 eggs for that. I'm like, throw this out. This is true. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I think they've been getting better about that. It's yeah. worth keeping an eye on. But the spawns in particular for this event are like, I'm going to catch one of each. And that's it. I, I caught my blue shell, Shellos. And oh, yeah. That's that right. Was it. I caught Shellos. three of them, and I'm not interested in any more. Basculin or Shellos should have been shiny. We said that when we first read for this event. Yes, like, they really? really needed it to be. I mean, it's cool. Kangaskhan and Heracrosser and Raids do not get me wrong. That is very cool. But you need something compelling in the wild. And while Heatmore and Durant are neat, we've seen them a bunch before. Yep. We need shinies in the wild. Exactly. You, you need a gotcha spawn. Like you need a spawn yeah. where you're like, yes. If you see it on your nearby, you run to it. Yeah, and there isn't one for this event. And there really, from what we've seen at least, there isn't going to be one for the next one. All the good stuff is in eggs and raids. Yeah. And like I get it. You know, you want people to raid. You want people to do hatch eggs. But you you need something to keep people playing in between those moments. I would agree. Uh, but that being said, we would love to hear what everybody else has to say about this. And and let's hear some positive highlights. There's a lot of things to be upset about right now. So let's hear what you are excited about and happy about. This week's pokeable question is, once again, how has your Ultra Unlock experience been going? Any highlights? Feel free to answer that question when we post it on our Twitter account. If you're a patron in our channel that's dedicated to the Pokepoll, you can also leave us a voicemail with your answer at 262-586-7717. Or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. 
But before we get to any more great emails or voicemails from our lovely listeners, we're going to pass this on over to Fish and special guest this time, Sosa, uh, who's filling in for DeFi, who's on vacation. Hope you're having a great vacation. And they're going to be covering the Master League, Master League Classic, Ultra League Premier, and Deep Dive on Continentals. And I think they kind of get derailed and talk about a bunch of other stuff. Enjoy it. It's Sosa. He's great. You're going to have a great time. Over to the two of you. I am Fish Onahita. And I am not DeFi-E. I am Trainer Sosa Flow. Hey, man. Hello. How are you? Hey. I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing awesome, man. I am glad to have a good mate on the show to work with. Why don't you tell the GoCast listeners a little bit about who is SosaFlow? Oh, SosaFlow is a shoutcaster, a world's analyst, and a battle enthusiast, PvP enthusiast uh, in the PvP community, co-founder of the Team Rocket Academy and Team Rocket PvP on Twitch, on top of the creator of the Indigo League and Friday Night Fights, which you and Miss Defy have been a part of. Yeah, that uh, has been uh, appeared on there a few times, and that has been so much fun you guys get some of the best battlers uh, all across the world you team them up and they they take part in these amazing team battles there's all this camaraderie going on there's just mm-hmm. jokes flying around <laughs> like some killer killer um shout casting and killer battles it is a great place to learn i absolutely recommend checking out team rocket pvp's friday night fights so as much as i want to keep chatting away about this stuff we do need to get into some some news and headlines so let's get into our extreme speed headlines Uh, the master league master league classic and ultra league premier cup is currently in gbl at the moment running from august 9th to august 23 and what league have you been playing sosa and what team have you been running for it i don't have stardust or the patience or the caring to do anything with Master League. (laughs) Uh, And especially after XL Pokemon came out, like Master League just checked out for me. So uh, I'm running Ultra League and I barely have Pokemon for that. So I've been running, brace yourself, my friend. I've been running and I've been doing it with Remix Line too. Uh, Feraligator lead with a Gengar and Snorlax in the back. And then I've also swapped out Feraligator and put in Surfetch. So Feraligator lead or Surfetch lead, but my backs have been Gengar and uh, Snorlax. I am very impressed with that, Feraligator. That is something that I have always been really interested in. I have that nostalgia value because uh, the first time I played through Pokemon Gold version, that was my starter, and I brought it all the way up to level 100, and it was with me forever. <laughs> and so I would love for that to be a thing. Um, but I always thought it was, like, too glassy and, um, like, get with the Ice Fang or Bite gets to those uh, charge moves a bit too slow, but you're making it work. Waterfall. I, it has Waterfall. Oh, Waterfall. Right, yes. It's just like um, Empoleon. Right. But it beats Empoleon. Wow. It beats Empoleon. It beats Swampert. It beats Togekiss. Um, it can take cross chops so you can soak up the energy off of the fighter. 
you know, the hard ones are the Gallade leads, but they all get cocky because they think that I don't know that Gallade <laughs> has Leaf Blade. Like, they're all like, like no one's been running Gallade since <laughs> season two of Ultra League, right? And it's really fun. I mean, Amphros has become, you know, Amphros pops up. Uh, it's really interesting. I love seeing mucks. I've been seeing a bunch okay. of mucks. Now, you don't really want to see mucks because that's really a core breaker. Thunder Punch, Dark Pulse. Yeah. That's a core breaker for my entire team. So I'm just loving seeing some of these new players try new different type of Pokemon because I was just so tired of seeing Empoleons and Swamperts and Glades. Like, that's the same thing. Isn't that... What do you see in Ultra League, my friend? Well, I am running Empoleon and Glade. <laughs> 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 so it's great yeah like oh i'm so sick this. of these battlers that are using these empoleon gallade right fish so you've got the gallade and that empoleon and that is a great powerful core it is interestingly i if i see an escavalier lead first few times i saw that i was a little bit like well i'm losing this now but i actually worked out it's it's a strat i guess that isn't really talked about that much, which is what happens when you sack the lead Pokemon. So I have been leading with my Empoleon, and instead of trying to switch out and save that matchup, because, you know, Venusaur doesn't do particularly well against it either, so you're really relying mm -hmm. on Glade, you just let the Empoleon go down. You shield it once, and you get to the Hydro Cannons quick enough that you're going to burn one of their shields as well. Let the second drill run go through. Excellent. You haven't really lost too much. You've already burned more than half of the Escavalier's HP at that time. You can get in the Glade. I think it confusions down the Escavalier before it can get to another drill run. And if you manage to do that, then you've suddenly got, uh, you know, one shield apiece and a Glade with all the energy, and it starts to do a lot of work on the rest of the team. Wow. That's a great way to turn that matchup after playing a line for so long. Right. Right. Turning whatever whatever soft loss you had into a harder win for the rest of your team. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, that, and that's where learning how your team works together becomes more important than just, you know, reading the, the straight wins and losses off of PB Poke. So on August 23, that's when we change over to open season, and that is Great League, Ultra League, and Master League. And that'll be around for a week. And as a reminder, We've got Go Battle Night happening on Thursday, August 26th from 6 p.m. till midnight local time. You get yourself 100 battles and three times Stardust. I am so looking forward to that. For our deep dive, um, we wanted to let our guest Sosaflow pick the topic for the deep dive. And he was like, Fish, I, I really want to talk about these Continental finals battles they were some amazing battles i was even shoutcasting the north american ones they were some exciting times and fish let's just talk about these battles and i'm like sosa you have a plan i have a plan and you <laughs> took the words right out from me i literally <laughs> wanted to talk about continentals first off to all of the battlers who played at continentals congratulations on making it well done on your season of self to all the winners of Continentals, best of luck in Worlds. We will talk about your matches uh, in a second here, but best of luck to you guys in Worlds, however you play it out. 
you've watched the matches too, right, my yeah, friend? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, we can bounce. We'll yeah, be able we can to bounce. bounce and talk. It's not just going to be me rambling, right? <laughs> I mean, I do like hearing you ramble, so so. So we watched Bar the Gamer on PvP Steve's. Like, so first off, thank you to PvP Steve for actually getting the content and providing it for all of us to watch on his channel. And I watched a bit of Bar the Gamer, and he had this lovely thing called a Dragonite. And I don't know <laughs> if you know what a Dragonite is. I'm aware. Um, fish, you're aware of it? Okay, cool. It's got this wonderful move called Dragon Breath. What Bar the Gamer did a lot of this time was he led with this Shadow Dragonite and just rained down terror on everybody with Dragon Breath alone. He played that beautifully with that Shadow Dragonite and then bringing in the XL Metacham in the back to close it. And that was his money. I think that's the 10-pointer that he brought in for their lineup. And so... Definitely used that as a 10-pointer and abused everybody with it. Metacham is so broken right now as XL. And if you leave a shield for it in the back or two shields, as he had in some of his matchups, then it's just a matter of how quickly your opponent can hit that top left button. Because <laughs> ugh, Metacham is just the worst now, XL. And like you said, using that Dragonite to either burn shields or just delete the the lead pokemon is it just opens medicham up to just do whatever it wants and i think it's amazing that shadow dragonite or just dragonite in general was only one point for this cup and you could see if you look at the lineup of all the competitors there were so many shadow dragonite around and Another example of how PV poke straight head to head win count doesn't tell you the whole story because like if you look at Shadow Dragonite's win percentage, it's not actually that good in Great League, but it just does so much work that the rest of your team can then capitalize on. Here's the beauty about PV poke. It'll tell you what the matchup is as the matchup. But you as a battler have to decide how you're going to play that strategy. Yeah, totally. So that leads us to the North American finals where the winner was the Shady Asian and he used a Shadow Dragonite as well. And what I found really interesting about his battles is that he came up against Adib Khan, who we've mentioned on this podcast before, and he he beat Adib in that first matchup. Because the Continentals are a double elimination format, Adib Khan went to the loser's bracket, won his way through that bracket, and met up with the Shady Asian again in the finals. He then beat the Shady Asian, and because it's double elimination, the Asian gets another shot. So they battled three times, and it was fascinating watching that chess match play out. There was a lot, a lot of play between each battler and their Shadow Dragonite, the Probopass, and the Scrafty. Oh my god, these guys were beating each other up with the same Pokemon by the by the last matchup. So first off, I did my homework on this one, yeah. and the Shady Asian is new to the scene. New to Sylph, four cups under their belt, and one the entire Continentals of the NA. Beating out names like Rise to the Occasion, Beach 7, like some amazing, amazing battlers that were top yeah. rank across the world. And the Shady Asian came out of nowhere and did it. Now, had to play a Deep Con three times. They literally had to play 
this awful <laughs> game of the same three Pokemon for six whole battles. And sometimes Adib got the, the matchup. And sometimes uh, the Shady Asian would get the matchup. And it was just so hard. Steve and I would watch it and then we'd be like, well, we know how this one's going to play out. So let's talk about how we can, they can adjust and whatnot. So after their ninth lineup that they submitted, Adib Khan finally leads with the Scrafty. Only to lose the lead hard and get RPS'd. It was like so heart-wrenching to watch this ninth matchup. Because up until then, both the battlers are playing down to the wire. Everything's so great. No one, it's never been RPS like that. But Adibcon pulled the Scrafty lead and got walled. Yeah, totally. And so that one was, if I remember correctly, uh, not the Dragonite, but the Pelipper. Shady Asian brought the Pelipper in on that lead. Is that is that right? The lead was the Pelipper. Yeah. Yep. And then it was, it was the Pelipper lead. Uh, there was a Probo pass in the back, and and, uh, and so he couldn't bring out the came Probo out and just started punching. Mm-hmm. And the amount of work that Scrafty did in those battles was incredible. Like it got itself into a situation where it just kept on power up punching. And each time you power up punch, you're raising that attack of that, those next few counters by 25%. So by the fourth one, this Scrafty is doing double damage with its counters. Sometimes those counters were against a probo pass. So you could see just chunks of HP disappearing from the probo pass as it went. And uh, this thing was surviving on like 10 HP. And, and still doing yeah, work. Yeah, I was about to say. But you're like, oh, all that's left is Scrafty with Probo. Will Probo be able to farm it down? And you're like, looking at Scrafty's health, it's literally at 10. You're like, yeah, yeah, Scrafty, Scrafty won't be able to do this. <laughs> Spark does nothing. And Scrafty took it out with the 10 health. A full health, one shield, Probo pass, still lost to a one shield, 10 health Scrafty. So, okay, we've talked about Scrafty. Uh, you know another thing that I saw in these finals involving a Scrafty, which I was just so taken aback by. It was in the European final, which was won by Bibalicious, and there was this key, key moment in one of the final battles where Scrafty was being used by Bibalicious's opponent. Bibalicious had a, I think it was a Ludicolo, uh, at the time, and fired a move when the Scrafty had, like, one HP left. Well, I saw it, too. I saw it, too. It fired a move, and then it got shielded, but because there was no health left on the Pokemon, the one damage from the shield, because uh, you still lose one HP from a shield, from a shielded charge move. So that one HP knocked out that Scrafty. I saw and that. it was amazing, because the way the battle was running... That Scrafty had to shield and fire one more counter to feint the Stunfisk or Ludicolo or whatever, and so get that switch advantage back. So they they sacrificed their remaining shield in order to win that switch advantage, and because they didn't realize they were on one HP, they lost the shield and the switch advantage, and that opened the door up for Bibalicious to to kind of sweep the rest of the team. Yeah, and that that Scrafty had energy too, if I recall. Right. It had built up energy. It thrown like a couple of counters and was ready to take out that Azumarill. And I was surprised actually that I didn't see a, a few more Azumarill. 
to be honest, because uh, Bibalicious did go with that option. Azumarill obviously was a 10-point pick, so if you're running with that, then you you have to be very sparing on the rescue team. But we've already established that these things like Alolan Grimer and Dragonite were were really, really good picks for one point. So that kind of opens up the room. And Azumarill is just, in especially when it's allowed in a constricted meta, it just has so little that it has to fear. Yeah. What electricity is out there? Who's throwing electric out there? I'm, I was happy to see a lot more Probo passes popping up, yeah. having the spark and the thunderbolt, but Azumarill just went unchecked. And Metacham as well. So when you play point builder metas, do you normally go for mm-hmm. one high point Pokemon and a bunch of low point Pokemon? Or do you normally go a more balanced approach? I try to go with more balanced approach. I don't ever pick high and go low. I try to have like, what was the one cup? I think it was Venture Cup. I was trying to go with a bunch of one pointers and I almost had a good one pointer line that I would have brought in. But uh, that would have been sweet. That didn't work, right? Uh, but I, I like going low. You do you go for high? Do you get a high price? I tend to gravitate towards uh, the more balanced approach, which, uh, mm-hmm. to, to be honest, I don't think is good. I think, well, I mean, having said that, like you can absolutely make the balanced approach work rather than the like guns and rookies <laughs> strategy, but um, yeah, I think. The reason I gravitate towards that is that I am still at that level where I am placing a bit too much faith in what PV Poke says. So, like, I'll be going through Team Builder and looking at the the X's and circles and going, well, that line seems to have, you know, two answers for everything, so I guess I'm done. And that uh, yeah. <laughs> that that kind of favors the the more balanced lines more. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, where you're like, yeah, this covers this lineup, but then you go against that lineup, you're like, how did I screw this up? Right. PV pokes as I win this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's like you win it if you have the equal amount of energy yeah. or if you have an extra tap. So then that leads us to the final Continental Championship, which was Latin America, won by Ventuski. And... Ventuski is another one that faced the same opponent three times in Javi Ramos. Yeah. Uh, so first off, congratulations to Ventuski for going to Worlds two years in a row. And oh my God. <laughs> first off, Sableye. Just, yeah. Did we all forget about Sableye? Because what? Ventuski didn't. One of the safest swaps in the game. And Ventuski, he went 11-1 with this line before he started playing Javi. So everybody else, before he started playing Javi, he went 11-1 with Sableye, Scrafty, and Dragonite. Got his first loss from Javi. Lost to Javi with this line and then started switching it up and then had to play Javi just like uh, Shady Asian did two more times. So he had to reevaluate the team that he was feeling in the entire tournament to swap it up and then by the game six played a completely different lineup Javi <laughs> had a Dragonite or a Kingdra, Kingdra and a Bronzong yeah. and a Raichu and uh, Ventuski had a Quillfish a Bronzong and a Lolan Grimer um, I also really liked seeing in the battles against Javi Javi isn't it Javi Ramos um mm-hmm. uh, when Javi, Javi, Javi Ramos. Ramos whenever Kingdra and Dragonite got locked in together it was like they both just started up chainsaws and were just like mowing through each other. Just seeing them both lunge at each other every half second and seeing the health just chip, 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 chip. 
until one of them was gone. That was that was fun to watch. Oh my god, it was so fun to watch. You watched their their health chunk away and then right into these bronzongs that were like mom. <laughs> so the both battlers were playing on their own like speed at the same time because one Pokemon would be gone real quickly, but then the next two would just be like, hey. <laughs> I love that people are bringing feeling comfortable now with Dragon Knight. I'd love to see more Shadow Kingdra come out. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, totally. Or more Dragon Breath users come out. So Shadow on Dragon Knight is a bit more beneficial than on Kingdra because Dragon Knight has a higher attack stat to begin with. So it's the same reason Shadow Machamp and Shadow Gardevoir are as good as they are is because they're already so attack-weighted that because it's all based on percentages, you get more benefit from the attack boost than a low-attack Pokemon. I did not know that. Thank you for that little stat info. I like that. My pleasure. That's nice. that's why we're here. PvP corner. I I just think a shadow shadow dragon breath user, a shadow counter user, or confusion user. The four main fast moves. If you put that shadow on there to give them that extra umph, like forget about yeah, it. Right. So, all right. These four competitors plus the top ranked competitor from each continental region are all going to be going through to a world championship. Uh, the first round will be set for September the 6th through the 10th, and that's going to be, they're divided into groups. So each rank one is in a, their own group, and then the rank two is followed, then the rank threes and the rank fours are put in after. So there's a preliminary stage that'll be happening here where each battler in the group, rank one, two, three, and four, will battle each other once, the top battlers out of those groups, the number one battle out of those group, will end up on September 2nd in a double elimination like they had for last year with Speedy's Chief, Fentuski, uh, Memphis Flow, and uh, Marin P. Uh, September 12th. Yeah, September 12th. All right, so I think we've talked long enough. So, sir, why don't you tell <laughs> us where people can find you and the amazing work you do? Hell yeah, so I, we have talked enough, but we could probably talk a we lot could. more. Uh, I'm sh- I'm sure of it. We've um, just a little peek behind the curtain. Um, we we try and get these episodes under twenty minutes. We've been talking for an hour and ten as of this moment. You knew what you were getting. Uh, yeah, you yeah, me. that's fine. This this is a problem I'm happy to have. I am not DeFi. I am Sosa Flow. You can find me on Team Rocket PvP on YouTube. Uh, Team Rocket Academy on YouTube, where we've given a bunch of Sylph videos throughout the year, keeping up with the Sylph metas and having fun with that, uh, learning. You got watching me learn these cups, uh, and I throw in a little bit of spice or team building. Then we follow that up with a bunch of Friday Night Fights and Indigo League PvP as well. Uh, you can check out the Indigo League, the entire season of Indigo League, on IndigoPvP.com. If you check that out, you can watch every week from Game one to game 27 or whatever the finals where it was poker battle tower versus cool cats check that out and then on twitch we are on team rocket pvp so you can find me there as well and of course i have my pallet town pvp community which is slowly growing it is a place where we try and grow 
the numbers of people playing PvP, especially competitively, and educate people, try and help them to get better. So there is links to that and kind of the all the the content streams that uh, that I do. That'll be in the show notes. I will also put Sosa Flow's links in there as well if you want to check out that work that he is doing, as well as I think I can convince Chris to add in the links to the continental championships as well if you heard us talking about it and and you're like what are these guys on about then you can just check it out for yourself and just see the the awesome power of that shadow dragonite i would definitely suggest watching the ventuski matchups against javi because those were amazing then adib versus the shady asian Matches one and two. Match three, you could tell they were both tired of battling each other for a third time. They both played great, but yeah, yeah. If we if we get to put those in, but that's what I would suggest. Those 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 matchups. We we do have to disclaim though the uh, Ventusi one. It is shoutcasted in Spanish because uh, of course uh, being Latin American, um, <laughs> it's going to be a lot more useful in in Spanish than in English. So you'll just have to watch. You won't be able to hear the commentators talking about it. That, well, you could be able to hear the commentators. You just won't be able to understand if you don't speak Yes, Spanish. that too. <laughs> um, and with that, <laughs> let's kick it back to Chris and Kyle. All right, that leaves us with our second to last segment, the last, of course, being goals. But between here and there and nowhere else, we've got emails and a couple voicemails. Friendly reminder that if you swear in a voicemail, I'm not going to play it. That did happen this past week. I think it was by accident. So uh, if we don't play it, I'm sorry. hope we didn't disappoint you. But we have a bunch of uh, emails and voicemails. We have two voicemails. Let's start with our first one. This one is from Seattle Uberdad. Uh, hey, guys. My in-game name is Seattle Uberdad, a longtime listener, first-time caller. And I was just thinking about you know, the reduction that they did in reaching all the gyms and stops. And I've been really disappointed, you know, going from 80 meters down to 40, or at least that's what I read somewhere. But it seems like they reduced it a lot. I've been very frustrated with that. But then I was thinking, overall, I think that it's a good thing that they're getting back to the way it was. I think overall it's been not as challenging as it should be. And so I was thinking, what is one thing that you would change in the game that would make it more challenging and more fun to do? For me, I was thinking uh, Team Rocket should be a little bit harder. Um, For one thing, the Grunts never use their shields. They should use their shields. That would be a very easy thing to do. Secondly, I think that Sierra, Giovanni, and the others should be able to do a little better shield management. I don't think it would be that hard to program, you know, if their shields are almost gone, why use your shield? Um, Giovanni is way too predictable, in my opinion. He always uses the Persian. He always uses that legendary. And so you know what you're coming up against, except for that one in the middle. I think it would be better if they – if. He leads with that the first time. If you don't get it the first time, mix it up a bit. Why lead with that Persian the next time around? And then finally, I would do, at first I was thinking 
you know, one and you're done. I think that would be a little too harsh. I think three strikes you're out would be better. If you can't get it at, after the third time, it's like you're a twerp and I'm flying off to my balloon or whatever. That, that's on point. So, that's my suggestions. I would love to hear what you guys have to say, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Wow. Well, thank you. First of all, that's a really great question and great examples as well. That's that's very well thought out. Um, we're not going to talk about the distance thing again. We already did that, but safe to assume we agree with you. It's very frustrating. <laughs> but Kyle, anything you'd like to make more difficult and how would you make it more difficult? Um, on the topic of, of rocket stuff, I'm all for making grunts more difficult if they're more rewarding. That's the big thing. It's the only reason I don't do grunts most of the time is they're not worth the effort. And I only do leaders because they give the 12k egg. Sure. I wouldn't do it otherwise. And and honestly, I I don't know about making the leaders harder. But if you give players the tools they need to beat them without challenging them, I'm all for the idea of strikes or making them more difficult. But as it stands, you basically have to sack swap one fight to see what they have in order to beat them. Or you predict correctly based on what you've read online. Yep. And and then sometimes you just play it poorly and you lose. And so suddenly you're down to your last strike because of not really your own fault. Tell me what team they have fully so I can plan for it. And you can make them use their shields better. I'm, I'm all for that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe lower their CPs too to, to counteract that so they don't farm you down with fast moves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and otherwise, I want to. I would be all for making raids more skill based. <laughs> I would like to see raids not as monstrously damaging, and instead make dodging more finesse. So that if somebody wanted to be really good, a duo would be feasible, not a pipe dream. I think two people who perform very well with adequate counters should be able to duo something, a legendary specifically, mm-hmm. if they perform well, not if they have perfect level 50 counters. You kind of almost stole mine, but not entirely. Okay, okay. My answer is raids. And I think that the one star, three star, and five stars should not be indicative of the CP level and a minimum number of required players. It should be indicative of how difficult that raid is to complete. And all raids should scale appropriately to the amount of people you have in the lobby. I think the only benefit to filling out a lobby for five-star raids is that you'll finish it a little bit quicker than one person in a lobby trying to solo it. They'll have to run the entire timer. But I think it should be scaled as such that it makes sense around that. If you bring the proper counters, you can solo anything. It might take you the entire time, but you can do it if you're good. But the one-star experience to five-star experience should be difficulty. You know, mm-hmm. okay. That's just what I I feel because I think it would fix a lot of rural issues. People that want to do raid hour by themselves because they don't have other friends to do it with, like a bunch of different stuff. I mean, I I definitely agree. I don't. It, it's not something I see realistically happening because, let's face it, a raid requiring six people means they get six raid passes out of it versus the one. <laughs> 
Yeah, but how many how many times do people pass a five star? So it's like, oh, it's just you and me, buddy. We can't do it. That's two they missed. And I'm I mean, willing to wet. I'm willing to wager that there are people around that skip on raids more often than people that do them with too many people. That's fair. I mean, it's definitely a major question, and I would be all for it. I'd totally do more if there were five star raids that me and my girlfriend could just hop in the car and do without worrying about coordinating with discord i'd probably do them all the time yep all right well that was a great voicemail thank you very much for that seattle uber dad this one's from megablade hello this is megablade and calling in for another voicemail my last email that i tried didn't work uh i don't know what was wrong but i have three things to say number one i don't have on the too. Is there any way you could help me with that in, like, how I could get one? Other than trading, because I don't know anyone who would trade me in that review, too. Number two. I caught a shiny Mewtwo. I got two shiny Mewtwo's at GoFest. And I've already got my 15, 15, 14 Dialga, and my brother got a shiny Dialga. Also, uh... Reggie Rock noise those three question marks all you want, although I do like the sound. But have you watched a single video on YouTube telling people what it is? It's Hoopa. It's Hoopa. Okay? Ring the run, go fast. It's Hoopa. The new game loading screen has Hoopa in it. It's Hoopa. All right. And also, uh, my answer to the Pokeball is I know it's time to stop playing the game when there's no event. There you go. No event. I don't, I don't, I like events. So, as you can see, as you can know, I'm, I was really, really, really excited when all the legendaries were raised because I just had a good old time at Seattle. Um, it was fun. Really, really fun. All right. Bye. Well, I, I hate to say it, but it's not Hoopa. <laughs> Although I think many, many people would have agreed with you prior to the reveal of Ultra Unlock Part 3. I mean, Hoopa, Hoopa is to blame. So I guess on the technicality, yeah. you'd be right. Uh, uh, but 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 we kind of did that with the Reggie Rock sound just because we thought it was hilarious and for no other reason. Yeah, yeah. The, it's just, yeah. It was just a funny sound. That yeah. said, Niantic was right. Nobody in their right mind would have guessed Galler was the the secret. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but for Armored Mewtwo, I hate to say it, it was for an event that was promoting the, you know, the remake of the original Pokemon movie that they did in CGI, the entire thing instead of animated. Uh, well, cell animated, I suppose. Uh, so who knows? We're not entirely sure when they're going to come back or how to acquire them um, after the fact. I would imagine they'll roll them back around for an event because they already have the assets and Armored Mewtwo actually has a place in PvP meta to a degree, so it has value. Um, but I couldn't tell you when. Couldn't tell you when. I don't think Kyle could tell you when either. Do you know something I don't know? I, I know I don't have an armored Mewtwo either. So Oh, I've got a bunch. I could trade you one. I don't really want one. I'm, I'm going to force one on you eventually. <laughs> I, I did like two raids when it was in raids because I really didn't like the design. And both of them ran for me. And I was kind of upset. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> not fine. I'm not be. supposed to yeah. have one of these. Uh-huh. <laughs> understood understood um but thank you for your voicemail megablade really appreciate it 
We got some emails too. Kyle's going to take it away. First emails from Kelvin. He said, hey guys, I hope you're both doing well. I'm doing better now. Thank you. Doing all right. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to start off by saying that I can't believe after the Twitter rage feedback, a petition with 125,000 signatures and some good points of view from creators that Niantic have decided to ignore it all and continue as everything as if everything is normal. Not even anything to say we've listened to, but due to something, 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 we've decided it's best to remove the stop distance increase. Now, I know being a UK player, this shouldn't have affected me yet, but seeing all the distress caused to a large chunk of the player base, this is not so. So I'm continuing my free-to-play stance until something has changed that benefits players and not the Niantic wallets. I see they've kept remote passes, which I'll be honest, has actually stopped me leaving my house for a raid that's a two-minute walk away because of pure laziness and ease of doing so. If they wanted to let everyone venture out, why is that still going on? Preach. Great point. Yep. I'd also like to know what their parameters are on deciding what country is safe. I'm sure enough people have played Plague Inc. or other similar games and are fully aware that Greenland are immune to nearly everything. What's going on there? I presume they still have double spin distance. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. It's a good good joke. Yeah. How many Greenland players are there out there? Like five? There's plenty of them. (laughs) We love the good people of Greenland. Now it's time for my Pokepole answer. I'm very tempted to take the next two weeks off. I currently have every shiny legendary that has been released. And because of that, FOMO is telling me to keep playing. However, my tinfoil hat theory is that Palkia will be back when the new remakes are released, so it shouldn't be anywhere near as long as the break we had since they were first released. Also, the spotlight hour, Shellos and Vasquez being everywhere doesn't affect me. At home, I have one, and at work, I have the others. That's that's true. You live in the UK. You're right on that border. Mm-hmm. Joys of living on the hemisphere line, I guess. And to top that off, I already have a Heracross in my decks for my holiday in Mexico, so I guess I'll wait for the Mega to be about to hunt for my shiny. That's a fantastic point. I'm going to add that to my list of why I didn't raid Heracross <laughs> ret- retroactively, everybody. There you go. <laughs> they got to release it for the Mega at some point. They can't do a regional Mega. I'm surprised they didn't take the opportunity to release Mega Kangaskhan to Mega Heracross. They, but once they do it, it's it's no longer regional ever because it's got to rotate back eventually. So yeah. that's probably why they're yeah. hesitant. Now for my positive takes on Pokemon for the week. I managed to hit veteran for the first time and go battle league. I did it with my morning coffee and may have screamed like a child. My girlfriend who normally wakes up an hour later than me responded with it's too early. I'm not dealing with you right now. At least other people in discord were happy for me. <laughs> can can relate. Can relate. <laughs> It's just the other way around for me, though. It's too late, yeah. No, no, it's it, it, she'll wake up like two and a half hours before me. I'll be like, I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really enjoying Pokemon Unite, despite having to tether my phone to it because my Wi-Fi is awful. Pokemon Unite is good, though. It's, it it's good. got great potential as long as they take care of it. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Snap has free DLC being released this week. I'm super excited for it. It might be the most pleasing game I've ever played. That's have a good one. Kelv drinks custard, resident average player, and at last veteran. 
Good for you. Good for you. That's exciting. I, I have heard bits and pieces about the, the new Snap DLC exclusively from It's Super Effective because I don't know anybody else who actually plays it. So <laughs> A lot of people in our Discord play it. Yeah, I, I know. I don't know any of those people, apparently. Well, yeah. Okay. Wow. You're <laughs> you better be ready. Are you wearing your armor that protects you from pitchforks and torches? Because yikes! Look, I still don't like Snap. But All respect so to everybody for liking it. I don't. Now. I don't it's like it. It's so much better. They gave it free DLC. I didn't. You're, I didn't say it was a bad game. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just don't like it. Uh, I'm gonna need you to like it. <laughs> no. Dang it! I tried. But anyway, thank you for the email, Kelvin, and congratulations again on Veteran. That's awesome. Uh, this next one's from Rob. Hey, Chris and Kyle. Hope you two have been well. Yeah, hanging in there. Rob here. Geez, been a while, eh? I was catching some Pokemans, <laughs> and I had a great idea for XL candies and wanted to see your guys' opinion on it. I think you mean here. I got you, Rob. <laughs> It can be extremely difficult to get XL for some Pokemon and impossible for others unless you dump thousands upon thousands of your candy into a Pokemon. So my idea is why not create XL type candy? It would work like a regular XL rare candy, but instead would be like type gated. The unlock requirement for it would have to be uh, have a platinum metal of that type. It doesn't need to be a high drop rate, but I feel this would greatly help when trying to max out a Pokemon that is not in raids or the wild. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and any suggestions on your side on how you guys would improve it. Take care and happy catching Rob. I would agree. I think that'd be kind of cool, especially if it was type gated. That would only be if it dropped commonly enough. If not, I would be like, just give me an XL rare candy. Why aren't you giving me an XL rare candy? <laughs> yeah, it's I. I'm all for any ideas about XL rare candy we need it yeah we're a year into this almost at this point and we don't have it yet it's an incredible oversight from niantic or deliberately done and in that case it's just bad i think they're intending for the end game to be that grind but they exist they if they cared they shouldn't have given xl rare candy for leveling up plain simple it's if there was never a plan for it to exist. That would have been fine. It would have been its own problem, but fine. But we know there's a plan. We know they have the resource. They just haven't decided how to implement it. Yeah. I think they're waiting until the XL has been a large grind and like a big enough carrot on a stick for a long enough time that they then can introduce XL rare candies to make the grind less intense for people. Kind of like when they do uh, level boosting events for MMOs and stuff like that to catch people up. Yeah. That that I feels like what's going to happen here. Well, let's hope. And maybe they'll replace the jumpstart or have a second sort of jumpstart event for people coming back that used to be high end level where they can catch up with XL rare candies then. Remember that jumpstart research? That, that's what I'm talking about. I yeah, know it's yeah. kind of a deep cut, but yeah. <laughs> it's not that deep. They just did it. They just brought it back like two months ago. Yeah, that's why I remembered it existed. It just, it, it hasn't <laughs> existed for us for two years. I know. The first time though, I was like, this is so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But thank you for the email, Rob. Appreciate you, buddy. Next email is from Everlaster E. And it's a poem. Oh, dear friend, shiny unknown you, day and night, 
I raid for you. 19 raids and it makes me blue. That I am yet to find you. I keep on searching for unknown you. It would be great if one was blue. As a shiny, it would be new. It would be neat if I got two. I'll get you, even if I have to go to Peru. Where are you, shiny unknown you? <laughs> Everlaster E with a Mayoletta hat. <laughs> they exist. You just got to write a bunch for them. <laughs> Chris has proven it. Yeah. Take his. No, don't take I mine. Know I'll never get one. Apparently. No, I had to set that as a goal for two weeks to make it a reality. No, don't do it. But <laughs> uh, jeez, oh, that was lovely. Thank you, Everlaster. Yeah, I, I I love it when you send us that sort of stuff. That's great. I love it when we get poems. I don't know why. I think they're like my favorite emails we get from people. And last but not least, we have an email from Mitch. Hey, Chris and Kyle. He spelled and wrong. Uh, long time no email sorry about that been busy with work and packing up to move back to new mexico before then however i'm going camping again that's right prepare for the veritable smorgasbord of shinies afterwards or not i really need to pink hair across i'm going to colorado near the rockies wish me luck on the trails good luck on the trails this camping trip gives me an excellent excuse to ease up my usual play and this great timing with certain unpopular actions taken by niantic it feels very bad to not be heard. Amen. Camping goals. Reset all streaks like catch and spin. Line up streaks and field research stamps. One or more shinies in my tent. <laughs> Shiny vibes all. <laughs> cooks gravy. One or more shinies in my tent. What a very on-brand Mitch goal. I love it. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, power to you and stay safe during your trip. Um, and good luck on the trails. And we hope that you're doing well. Man, I I keep meaning to just be like, all right, this week I'm gonna reset everything. It's all gonna get lined up. I'm never gonna have to worry about it again. And then I just forget to spin a poke. <laughs> yeah, and then it's next Tuesday, and you're like, oh, oops. Well, that was that was uh, <laughs> an, uh, an intention. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for sending us emails and voicemails. Uh, we did have a really long show today, so we didn't get a chance to get to every single email that was sent into us. So thank you to everybody else that did send in emails. Rest assured they were read, if not read aloud on the show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to send us an email, just like these fine folks did, you can send it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling and leaving a voicemail to 262 586 seven seven one seven you can follow us on twitter at gocast podcast visit our website gocastpodcast.com and if you'd like to help support the show monetarily you can do so for as little as one dollar a month which gets you access to our patron discord that's at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash gocast podcast and speaking of patrons shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zuckwalker, Andrew, Chad, Robert, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, and Tish. Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping keep our digital lights on. We appreciate you very much. But if monetary support is not in the cards for you, or you're just not interested, or you are monetarily supporting us already and are looking for yet another way to do so, you can always leave us a review on podcatching platforms that take reviews. So like not Spotify and not Google Podcasts, but I think a lot of other ones. <laughs> So please, 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 Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, you know the drill. Those are always great, and reviews help us out a lot. There's only one thing left to do, Kyle, and then we're done with this very long show. 
uh-huh. that has, unbeknownst to the listener, actually spanned two days because on Tuesday we had a power outage. When did we switch over? Ooh, you'll never know. <laughs> I hope it's not really obvious in the edit. I'll feel oh, really I can't dumb. Wait. I can't I'll wait. feel really dumb he's, having he's said gonna, that. This is all going to get cut. Chris <laughs> is going to text me when he's editing the show and he's going to be like, Kyle, you'll never believe how obvious the cut is. <laughs> it's oh man it's awful but if it's if it's subtle should write in let us know when you think we did it yeah please let us know there is a cut at some point in time in this show where we did do it this it's thursday right now where we're recording we haven't (laughs) been recording for two days (laughs) anyway all right mr kyle let's see what sort of goals do we have this is not going to be in the uh ultra unlock part three yet we will be a few days prior so we'll be in ultra unlock part two still um I guess I should make it a goal to finish the Ultra Unlock Part 2 research. Yeah. Although I just, I don't care. But, you know. Also, this week is EV Community Day, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot (sighs) about that. It's EV Community Day. That's okay. It's worth forgetting about. Don't worry about that. I've got a lot of stuff going on, uh, like taking care of my cat this weekend. And so I probably will not be playing as hard as I usually do. Uh, so my goal is four shiny. Oh, geez. It, it's very small. I don't care about this. I am working Sunday, so I'm not going to play Sunday. It's a one day thing. And I'm just not feeling go that much right now. So better to set a realistic goal. And then if I actually feel like I'm having fun while I'm outside, I'll go more. But I'm also not meeting up with any friends. It's just a solo affair. So it's probably not going to be the greatest time. Okay. Anything else or just those two? GBL maybe? No, that's definitely not happening. I'm not okay. doing GBL right now. There's no Stardust interest. bonuses going on right now, though. Yeah, I will, will, I will gladly go in and throw all five matches five sets a day. But nobody wants to hear me set a goal to do that. Uh, I do. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah let me just let me just bring up my record and i'll bring (laughs) (laughs) you'll never believe i went 17 and 458 this season (laughs) i'm i'm at i'm at 123 wins out of 212 battles so oh that's not bad but i'm not i'm not gonna set a goal for throwing okay but i think i'm gonna set a goal for just maintaining my streaks okay Oh my god, you know what? I haven't caught a Pokemon today, everybody. Which means if I don't do a catch a Pokemon today, tomorrow it'll be all lined up and it's going to be great. Because I'm on my first one for my field research breakthrough too. Hey, it's perfect. There you go. So tomorrow you'll start over and you want to maintain after starting tomorrow. Yeah, starting okay. tomorrow to make sure. So I, I'll be at like four by the time we record next. But yeah, that's yeah. The, the goal is... It's it's good intentions. How about that? Perfect. Perfect. Um, all right. So I also have three goals. I'm I'm really trying for that shiny hair across. I'm just doing raids for them. I want to catch 30 shinies over the course of the two days. So that's kind of low for me. It's 15 a day each. But like I said, I'm taking care of my cat this weekend. He's uh, doing a little bit of surgery tomorrow. I'm very nervous, but he'll be OK. It's it's very minor. You know, just 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 the pet owner jitters i suppose but i got to keep an eye on him so i won't be able to go out and play hard but i'm blessed with a 
rather generous spawn pool at home. So I think we'll be okay. And 30 eggs. So I'd like to get out and maybe do some walks around the neighborhood while I can and take advantage of the quarter hatch distance and at least do 30 eggs. So uh, kind of a kind of a, a low goal week for me, especially for a community day and for the two of us. But anyway, we hope that all of you that are excited about community day, both of them, Saturday and Sunday, Evie, 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 that you get all the shinies that you can handle, maybe even more, that you have a wonderful week until we talk to you next time on episode 157. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.